you know you have a powerful story? I'm Mary DeMuth, and in this podcast, I share stories of everyday people who remind you that you're not alone as you untangle your own story. Because of the outrageous generosity of God, I believe you can experience a joyful restory moment right now. Remember, the old is gone, the new awaits. The Restory Show starts now. Season 4, Episode 15. Today's podcast is brought to you by Jesus Every Day, which is my 366-day devotional for Leap Year, where I pray for you every single day. And we run through the entire Bible. So you start your scripture with Genesis and you end with Revelation. But you can start anytime. It makes a great gift for Christmas. And you can start it like on March 23rd if you want to. So because it just says day one, day two, day three, not January 1, January 2, January 3. So anyway, this is the book of my heart. My listeners asks for this book uh, because of my Mind If I Pray For You. So when you've heard at the end of each podcast, Mind If I Pray For You, that has been the impetus for Jesus Every Day. So I'm so excited to get it into your hands, hopefully someday. I'd also appreciate it if you'd write a quick review on iTunes, a couple sentences that would really be great to share how this podcast has affected you. It'd be really encouraging to me and also would help spread the reach. If you want to share your own story about God's faithfulness and how Jesus has intersected your story, just go to marydemuth.com and go on the right-hand side. There's a microphone there, and you can record up to four minutes of your story. And we'll share that at the end of um, each episode if they come in. Sometimes they don't come in, so I don't share them. But if they do, then I'll share those little snippet stories because they have been so fun and so great. So today, I'm welcoming Dr. Ralph. Dr. Ralph, um, his full name is uh, Ralph Chen Green, and I met him basically through my email list. He's from, well, I'm not going to say where he's from. You'll uh, detect that very soon when you hear him. But uh, he has been a huge blessing to me, and he has an amazing story to tell about how he grew up and what he learned in his relationship with God, moving away from all the rules and toward the heart of God. So I'm really excited to just introduce him to you. So without further ado, here is Dr. Ralph. Hey, everyone, it's Mary DeMuth from The Restory Show, and I am so excited to have Ralph Chen Green on my podcast. And did I say that right, Ralph? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay, good. And uh, I also I just call him Dr. Ralph because that's how I know him. And he, uh, well, Dr. Ralph, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you live, because you don't live in the United States, and where you're from, and just a little bit about your growing up. Okay, well, I live in Christchurch, New Zealand, which some of you may know we had a series of earthquakes about seven years ago and the city got badly knocked around, but we're rebuilding. New Zealand is the country where they filmed Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movie. So if you've seen those movies, you've seen a little bit of my country. I'm 64 years old in September, so I'm getting uh, a little bit older, but um, uh, my, my spirit's still young, even though the body's uh, getting a bit older. I was born in New Zealand in Auckland, which is our largest city, um, and um, I'm married with three lovely adult daughters. Two of them live in New Zealand, and one of them lives in Singapore. And you're a doctor. Yes, I'm a doctor. I graduated quite a few years ago. I'm a general practitioner, which I think you might call a family care doctor or a primary care doctor. I'm not quite sure what the how, how you call that, but we, we deal with people uh, who come to us and then we may send them on to specialists if we can't deal with the situation or they're complicated. We deal with a lot of things ourselves at the, at the primary care level. 
So we treat high blood pressure, we treat asthma, we treat infections, we deal with basic pediatrics, immunizations, uh, we can deal with some basic sort of wound care and things like that. So we're a, a primary care, my wife and I are primary care doctors. That's awesome. And so, yes, yeah, so you're both doctors, and I know your wife travels a lot to minister to people around that part of the world. Is that true? Yeah, she mainly goes into Southeast Asia. She goes, she's mainly gone into Cambodia, and she's um, been training Cambodian uh, students, medical and, and dental students, and, and teaching them, and also helping them to de- develop in their Christian lives. And she's recently been traveling into some more restricted countries. I won't mention those, but in the, in those areas, some countries are a bit more restricted. So she's been traveling into those countries and and meeting Christians and encouraging them in their yeah, in their ministries, and um, and yeah, God has just led her into those places. She's not someone who likes traveling, actually. She's it's interesting, isn't it? So God takes people and and uses them in spite of what they, what they're wanting. But he, and he goes because she strongly believes that that's what she should do, and and uh, and and she goes to places, and God just um, just meets her in those places. She gave me a story once where she said she. She went. Uh, she was in uh, in the country, and she was googling um, churches there. And she came up with one, and she contacted them and said, uh, "Grace to you and peace." And they said, "Who are you? What do you want? Where are you from?" Because in those countries, they don't particularly. They're very suspicious of of, of being contacted because they think you might be a government agent or something. And, and and how do you know Grace? And he said, well, I just said Grace. Well, Grace is one of our leaders. So in the end, Annie, Annie, Annie ended up meeting them and starting to do stuff. So it's interesting, isn't it, how these things happen? Um, God, God is amazing. I mean, he, he connects people in um, crazy and amazing ways, which I still don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, you know, just realizing that there's going to be every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord, but we're also going to see a wide swath of humanity at the end of time where every language, every tribe, every tongue is going to be there. And that to me is really exciting. So Dr. Ralph, what story do you want to share with the Restory listeners today? Okay, well, I think I'd like to share with you, I mean, over the last three years, I mean, I'm just to give you a bit of background, I'm a very much someone who's always very much in my lived in my mind. I mean, I actually I'm a very intuitive and, and sensitive person. In fact, I've just been on a on a seminar just an hour ago about highly sensitive people and realizing I've realized that actually I'm a very highly sensitive person and I do feel and sense things. But for much of my life, I was shut down emotionally um, um, through a trauma in my early childhood. My dad was someone who didn't um, wasn't very sensitive. He, he, I think he shut his own emotions down, and he said some hurtful things to me that was and shut my emotions down. And my mum was emotionally needy, so I didn't have my needs met. So over over my life, I I kind of very much lived in my intellect. And when I first got married, my wife said, "What, what do you feel about this?" And I, I told her what I thought. And she got very, very frustrated with me because I didn't know how to express my feelings. And God has kind of been unlocking, peeling layers off over many years. But about three years ago, I I guess this is really the, the, I mean, it's really how I came to meet you and many other people is because God started to do some stuff in my life. And it was really because I began to realize that there was more to the Christian life than just intellectual. Um, I mean, I'd grown up as a as an Anglican, which is, I think, Episcopalian in the American system. And it, it, when I was a young a student and in my early 20s, I'd come into an evangelical group and I'd learned about sort of 
being, you know, asking Jesus into your life and being a good disciple and praying and doing Bible study and witnessing to people and doing all those things. But actually, it didn't actually heal all the wounds in my heart. And I was still very, there's a lot of stuff inside that wasn't wasn't helped just by doing those things and uh, I didn't understand this and I actually thought I wasn't very a very good person and I, I, I was a failure and all sorts of horrible toxic sort of rubbish was going through my mind and God God had to sort of it, it took a long long time many years of um working working and unraveling stuff and it's been a process over over time but I think the last three years I remember realizing that for example, many Muslims have begun coming to Christ, and I realized that the reason they come to Christ was not because they changed their theology. Well, they did change their theology, but the primary reason wasn't that they got different um, understandings about who Jesus was and God was that made them change. What they had was a revelation. They had an understanding, an encounter, a spiritual encounter that altered them, and out of that encounter, their theology began to change. And I began to realize that there was something that I was lacking, and I started listening, this is about four years ago, listening to some some of the old 1970s Jesus music. Now that shows you that I'm I'm, I'm a little bit older than some of some of the listeners, but I remember growing up in the time when there were groups like Barry Maguire and Keith Green, and I love Keith and Second Chapter of Acts, which is one of my favorite bands, and Annie Hearing, and lots of those old, old Jesus music, which was, and I, and I realized these people had had, had, had an, an encounter with God that I I hadn't. I mean, I'd come into an experience of Holy Spirit, and I'd speak, spoken in tongues, but I still didn't have this deep encounter with God, and, and I began to realize there was more going on. And, and I started to, um, I was having a struggle with some issues in my life, which are really, really difficult, and feeling really, really frustrated and down about them. And I'd I'd gone through a period of time where I'd actually become, um, well, I, I kind of felt that God had let me down. He hadn't let me down, but I felt frustrated. So I said, well, if you're not really interested in me, I'm, I'm just going to sort of put you down on the back burner. I'll still believe in you. I'll still I'll still believe you, that you're there, but I'm not going to get too excited about you. <laughs> maybe other people don't. Maybe I'm just the only one who has this kind of experience. But he's amazing now. He doesn't give up on you. And I remember that this was a few years before this. I, I met a friend and we went to church and they, oh, I know how to play church. You know, I had to play church. I can go along. And it wasn't my church. So they didn't really know me. And I'll just go along and I'll just go through the motions and walk out again. And and, and then they started talking about um, something that was very significant to me, which was that the love of God. And, and, and the guy talking shared a verse, which had kind of been a, was a foundational verse in my life, which is in 1 John four sixteen, which is we know and rely on the love God has for us. And I thought, hmm, this is not an accident. I, I didn't just turn up here just because my friend invited me. So I, I came along and, and I thought, yeah, I need to go forward. So I went forward and I and got prayed for and I thought, well, okay, um, I know God loves me. I'll accept that. And my life's a mess, and I'm not sure that I'm going to get any further, but at least he loves me. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like at least he knows that he loves me. And so that was about a year before this. And I was beginning, but I think what it did was it started me in that process of wanting more of him, but I didn't really know how to get there. I thought, yeah, I, I, how do you get there? How do you get to this magic place, you see? And so, but I was really struggling with some some addictions and issues in my life and messy stuff, and I was feeling quite down and bad about this. And I was kind of thinking, how do I mesh the fact that I've got all this horrible mess in my life with the fact that God really wants, I really want more of him. And I just couldn't see how those two poles could come together. But the amazing thing is the Holy Spirit can do that. He can take our messy stuff and actually use that messy stuff to actually be the means to draw draw us to himself. So... 
I can't, to cut a long story short, and it is quite a long story, I got to a point um, one one night where I was just so frustrated with it all. I just said, God, I just can't cope with this anymore. I just don't really don't know what to do. I just give it all to you. And I just thought, well, that's it. You know, I've done it now. And, and I didn't really know what to expect. And I didn't really... Um, and at that point, nothing much seemed to happen. And I thought, oh, well, that's fine. I've just done this. And then about three days later, I just had the sense that there'd been a shift. And I, it's, it's really, really hard to explain this, except people who've experienced it will kind of understand what I'm saying. But it was kind of like I'd gone through a door and that previously, I mean, I've been always been aware of God. But it was It was kind of like he was sort of distant. And now it, was, it seemed like he was, he was closer. And it was, it, it's... It's really, really hard to explain. I had that sense that he was so much closer. And then they began to, things began to change in my life. And, and um, what began to happen was I began to actually get thoughts in my mind, I began to hear his voice. Well, I believe I know it was his voice beginning to sort of drop thoughts. And one of the things that happened uh, fairly early on after this was I was it was a Saturday night. It was a Saturday here. And I was sitting there and thinking about all this. And I had this clear thought into come into my mind you need to sort of write down your spiritual journey it's kind of like a spiritual autobiography and I thought okay so um, I started writing down uh, going back through my life and writing down all the things that I could remember about God coming into my life and what had happened and I started writing that it was actually an amazing sort of um, uh, exercise to do, and I'd encourage people to do it, um, to sit down and actually write about what God's actually done in, you, in your life, and you'll go back and you think, wow, hey, that's exciting. So I started doing that, and then I thought to myself, well, I mean, my, I, I haven't, I'm not dead yet. Um, <laughs> I'm still, so actually, um, my autobiography hasn't actually finished. I need to keep writing this. So what I actually began to do was to start writing. I, I felt really strongly to write a journal. So I start. I thought, well, I need to sort of write a start writing a, a, a journal of God, my God encounters and stuff down. So I was, I, I'm fairly computer literate. So I started doing it on the computer. Um, I know some people do a handwritten um, uh, um, one where they write it in a book, and that's perfectly fine. But I found that. I, I, my, I'm a doctor, and doctor's handwriting is is not always the best. And and it's and, and even I sometimes find it hard, difficult to read what I've, I've scribbled. And so, I've actually become reasonably good at typing because we use um, our keyboards and computers for our medical work now. So I'm actually reasonably good on a, on, a, on a keyboard. When I was a student uh, years ago, I mean, t- typists were regarded as being sort of not very high up on the on the picking order, you know, if you learn typing, you know, we, we did science and we learned languages and typing way down there. But nowadays, of course, if you can type, that's great because you can work on the computer. So fortunately, I've, I've, I've typed over a number of years for my medical work. And so I was reasonably good at typing. So I actually started typing, typing my notes up. And actually, it's quite good because you can actually copy them and paste them and and, and send them to other people very easily. Uh, so it was, it was a wonderful thing. And so I started writing down... Um, ideas and I'd pray and I'd, I began to ask God things. Now, I'd written this, um, I got this idea about doing the spiritual journal. And the next day was a Sunday morning and I was driving to church and, I was, and I, I, was, I was in my car and I was thinking, why am I doing this? And it was just kind of like a thought that came to me. And I immediately got this thought drop into my mind. I'm, I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit. He, and I said that you might have a record of my faithfulness. So the journal was a re, well, I thought, okay, that's nice, you know, as you do. 
I got to church and there was a lady talking and she was kind of an artistic sort of a lady and she was talking about a number of things. And at the end of her message, and she said, God wants you to set up an altar of remembrance that you might have a record of his faithfulness. And I thought, hmm, oh, that's an interesting coincidence. I mean, I got the thought in the car and, and, I, and I got to church. So, and that, that just really gobsmacked me that, you know, I could actually have a thought and it would actually be confirmed. Uh, in, 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 in that message, and I went up to her afterwards and said, and, and explained it to her, and I said, well, that would that was quite an amazing confirmation. Um, and actually, um, I, I, I found that actually I began. This was kind of a, a new step in my Christian journey. I actually began to see confirmations of things coming in quite amazing ways, um, and I get thoughts and promptings and find that 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 was what I was meant to do, and it was completely sort of random in a sense I didn't engineer it it just kind of happened there was a story once uh, not long afterwards where I was driving my car down the road and I, I had this thought I should go and visit an elderly lady whom I knew who was a Christian lady and I, I was kind of on my way home and it was lunchtime after church and I was a bit hungry and I, and I, and I kind of thought oh maybe not and I had this thought now you should go <laughs> the thought so I went around to her place and, and I knocked on the door and she looked at me with her friend and she said this is a God thing and I thought why? And he said, well, I was praying that someone would come because she, she was needing someone to come and, and meet her. And so I thought, oh, wow, something's happening here that I didn't have any, um, <laughs> any con I, didn't, I didn't engineer this. It just kind of happened. You know, you get these, these thoughts and God sort of brings these thoughts into your mind. And um, other things like that began to happen. Um, I began to write down in my journal and I began to ask God questions and I'd say well Lord what do you want to say to me and I'd just wait and then I'd get these thoughts come and I'd write them down now um I it sounds a bit freaky I know but actually if you uh, God says if you ask him for bread he's not going to give you a stone if you're submitting to the Holy Spirit I believe he's going to he's not going to give you rubbish and he's going to protect you so I mean I got some amazing thoughts would come to me and they're always very affirming and very very sort of positive and Sometimes I'd even be um, they'd saying, well, you need to do this. And, and, I, and I think yeah, I, I've had that happen with, with people. I've had to, a thought come to me and I, I, I've had to go and, and, and say something or write something or pray or do something because of that, those thoughts. One of the things uh, that happened to me one time, I was praying and I got this thought, it's your job to worship me. It's my job to change you. And that was kind of a, a kind of a foundational thought because so much of my early Christian life was about performance, about if I do this, if I do this good thing, then I will, I, I will, I will achieve the outcome. But actually, <laughs> you don't. You don't actually achieve the outcome from, um, from doing those things. They actually just become a burden. And because you actually can't achieve them, then you fall into condemnation. And I, I'm, I'm good at falling into condemnation. So I felt very condemned that I couldn't measure up to the standards. And now I realize that actually I can't. But actually, I don't need to worry because he is he's the one in me that makes me righteous. That Christ in me is the one that it makes me acceptable. And I just trust. And worship is more than just singing. It's about just being in that place of, of, of loving him. And I remember early on uh, in this experience that I, I, I get these kind of overwhelming. I'd be in my car. I mean, it always seems like, well, not always, but sometimes I'd be driving in my car to work and I just had this overwhelming sense of the fact that I was loved. And I just kind of would break out into tears. And it was kind of, it was kind of slight. Well, if anyone else was around, I would be, feel slightly embarrassed. But I mean, I just 
become overwhelmed with the fact that I was loved. And uh, it was just such a profound sort of um, change that it, it kind of made me, um, yeah. Anyway, that's a sort of a, a brief start. You might want to ask me some questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've had the privilege of talking with you about all of this. And one of the things that I thought was compelling was just this idea that that Jesus actually wants to interact with us and that it's not about checking things off a spiritual list, but it's about, you know, relationship with him. And so my question is, what has helped you the most in hearing from him? Okay. Well, I think for me, the journaling, I think, was quite foundational because I'm, I'm someone who I'm a words person and um, actually writing things down for me is helpful. And so I know some people just get words and they talk them, but for me, writing it down was very helpful. So actually spending the time and going and saying, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And then just seeing what came, I think, was re really, really important. Um, and it was always very positive and, and, and affirming. And um, I'd sometimes get sort of quite a new directions to do things that I wouldn't have thought I would have done. And I mean, I ended up coming to Dallas because of that and some other things happened as well. And so... Yeah, I think for me, actually, just being open to saying, Lord, what do you want to say to me? You know, that idea was really, really helpful. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, all of us, it's something so simple. All of us could do that. All of us could spend some time writing down our thoughts and kind of chronicling those times and creating timelines of when Jesus has come near. And so I really appreciate, you know, just the simplicity of that. You also, I know, just because I know you, you've been working through fatherhood issues. And tell us a little bit about what you've learned about the father heart of God over the past couple of years. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my own dad, my own human dad was someone who was, I guess, emotionally very, I guess he didn't have much of a, his own dad was, was deaf. He'd been in the First World War. He didn't communicate with his children. And my own dad was, I think, emotionally shut down. I think he was probably a very sensitive person, but he was of that generation where big boys don't cry and you don't show your feelings because then you're a girl and all that sort of stuff. So he didn't, he never said anything that he loved us or anything. So I grew up with that idea. And of course, being a male, I kind of took on board some of that stuff. And I remember once he said to me, uh, and I think it was just because he was frustrated. He said, go away and tell your mother I hate the sight of you, which was kind of a pretty toxic sort of statement. And I don't think I sort of processed that at a, a conscious level, but I think it, deep down it kind of sort of created a deep emotional wound. And, and so for me, I came to Jesus when I, w when I was brought up as an Anglican. I came to Jesus in the evangelical sense at 19 where I asked him into my life, so I did that. And then some years later, I encountered the Holy Spirit in a new way when I was asleep one night and I was dreaming and I was asked, what do you want? And I said, I want more of God. And I woke up and prayed in tongues. Not that I was seeking to pray in tongues, but that's what he decided to do. But I mean, there's a lot of emotional hurt there. So I kind of came to know Jesus as Savior, and I came to know Holy Spirit, but somehow Father was always sort of distant and remote, you know, God as Father. And I, over about the last couple of years, I remember going to a session up in, uh, there was a weekend retreat, and so I went up to this retreat, and we spent a couple of days talking about God as Father, and it was kind of very, very helpful to me. I began to realize that some deep emotional stuff, um, and I was, I remember going forward and being prayed for and just, just collapsing and crying when I was prayed for about God as Father, because I, I, 
and there was that deep emotional wounding because I, I could never encounter God as father before that because my own dad, my relationship was so damaged. And I think for many Christians, they understand Jesus and some of them understand Holy Spirit, but God as father is this remote sort of figure who seems, yeah, difficult to get to know because of their own toxic backgrounds and things. So for me, that was a, kind of a profound sort of yeah encounter, really. It's it's amazing just to look back. I think all of us could do this spiritual exercise where we look at our fathers and not one of us has a perfect father, you know. So even <laughs> if we had a good father, there's of course there's things that they made mistakes on, just like I'm a mom that makes mistakes all the time. But if we look back, I th- I think of my father and he was so detached and so but also predatory, which is a really strange combination in a father and you know, that I'm sure has translated into how I view God. I often view God the Father as detached and not safe. And of course, we know from Chronicles of Narnia, uh, C.S. Lewis's idea that, of course, God is not safe, Aslan is not safe, um, but he is good. So I know that, but I think some of us still have this feeling like God is unpredictable and cannot be trusted. And so what have you learned over the past couple of years about how how has your trust muscle grown and how have you learned to trust God more? Okay. Well, I think uh I think as I began to see him confirming things in my own life, as I began to see that the promptings that I've had have, have been validated, like I've had a prompting to pray for someone or to contact someone, and they've said to me, yes, that was that was right timing, that was correct. And I've realized that actually you know, the reality is, is there. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a good belief that we have, but God is actually real, and, and he's not only real, but he actually inter- he wants to interact with us. And he wants to interact with us in a way that's that's loving, and 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 that part of what he wants what he wants to do with us is to help him express himself through us to other people, and so that's kind of been a profound sort of change for me that it's actually real. It, it's not just an idea. It's not just a belief system. So much of Christianity in the West is is, is about intellectual belief, but actually it's it's relational and it's um and it's real and um. You know, so I've had promptings to visit people. I've had promptings to do things for people, to pray for them, sometimes to give money, sometimes to do other things. And I've been amazed at just how it's just kind of mesh. And I've just thought, oh, here I am. I'm just me. But God wants to take even little old me and and do stuff. You know, so there he is. He's amazing. It's my mantra. Like the word mantra is not a good one. It sounds rather Middle East and rather sort of new agey i suppose it's more like a, a slogan but you know, I, my slogan if you like is lord you're so so amazing and he and he is he he just kind of he just kind of engineers things in, in, in absolutely amazing ways i mean and things have happened and i've met people and i've gone places that i never would have thought i would <laughs> yes and it's um i think the word that comes to mind is adventure that this I think we've, like you said, we have relegated the Christian life to a series of beliefs. And as you mentioned earlier, we see Muslim folks coming to Christ through dreams. And that's a supernatural visitation of Jesus to a person. That is an encounter with the living God. And yet we forget about that and we just dutifully check off our lists and we 
live our lives without that interaction. But I think what you said is good. I think one of the things that a listener could take away is begin to trust those words that God says to you and just start acting on them. And as you act on them and people respond and you begin to see these amazing God coincidences, you'll begin to trust him more and step out further into that adventure. And it sounds like your your wife is also kind of on that same journey. Would you agree with me about that? Oh, yes. Annie, is. she's always been someone who's heard God really, really clearly. And she used to frustrate me intensely earlier on because I was someone who was very much of the mind because my emotional side had been shut down. I'm actually very intuitive and I'm actually a very highly sensitive person. I've I did a survey last week and I discovered that I scored really highly on being a highly sensitive person. So I'm actually very intuitive and I read things and I, I assess situations. But that whole side of me has been shut down. And any someone who just just really, really clearly hears God and she goes off and, and does it. And I, I, it used to frustrate me when she said, oh, I understand. Well, God's saying this. I thought. How do you know that? How can you understand? Because I was trying to reason it out in my brain, and the left side of the brain was trying to understand the the, the God stuff. And God is actually, he's not anti-intellectual, but he's more than intellectual. He's more than the brain. There's a higher level of revelation that comes above just the mind. The mind has to fit into that higher level. And so I've, I've been learning over the last two or three years more about actually learning to live in that that higher level, higher level. <laughs> it's been a bit of a journey. <laughs> so how would you, yeah, how would you compare yourself now to several years ago in your relationship with God? How is it different? Okay. I think the key thing is that I, I think I, it's much more experiential. I mean, before it was intellectual. I mean, he did speak to me at times and I did, I did get revelation, but it was, it was a, for me, I was emotionally damaged. It was very intellectual. Now it's kind of so much more, yeah, it's more of a yeah, a relationship, more of a reality that God is there and that I, I can relate to him, I can talk to him, I can get revelation. It's, 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 it's a different way of, fun- it's a completely different way of functioning. And so I, I, I really do think it's kind of like being born again, again, you know, it's, it's, you've kind of moved into a, a realm of, of um, relationship that's, just kind of like another quantum leap up, just moving away from that. I mean, I, I, it grieves me now that so many Christians live in that, in that, in, just in the intellectual level. And, and and I'm just so grateful that I've been moved into that sense where I can actually begin to hear his spirit speak to me and, and begin to begin to respond to that. And, and, and even just the emotional side of it, um, you know, where when you know that you're loved, unconditionally and to me the most fundamental thing in my life is that I'm unconditionally loved then you can actually function and and just to me that's foundational um yeah I hope that answers the question it does it does and I think you know that's what I want to leave listeners with is there's so much more to the Lord than maybe what we've put him in a box for or we've intellectualized him into this this set of beliefs more than allowing him to be God and do what he wants to do. So one of the questions I ask my my guests are, how? what kind of advice would you give to someone that's in that place right now of maybe their emotions are shut down or they don't know God that way, they only know you know some sort of intellectual assent to a belief in God or they have followed all the rules and maybe God's disappointed them in the way he's orchestrated their life. What kind of advice would you give to someone like that? 
Okay. Well, I did write down a number of things, and I'll just I'll give you the summary, and I can elaborate if you'd like. But for me, this is coming out of my own story and my own journey, so it's a very personal sort of um, answer. But I think it applies to all of us. First of all, become desperate for God and be prepared to surrender to Him. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, for me, it was nothing really happened till I got so desperate I couldn't do anything. And when I couldn't do anything, then he had an opportunity to begin to move. And, and so when you become absolutely desperate, and then he, he you can begin to see and surrender, and then he begins to do stuff with you. And I think for me also um, was I became compelled by the heart of the Father, the Father's passionate heart. I began to realize that actually I was I was loved so so much, and that what. Um, you see, as evangelical Christians, we've often we've 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 seen um, that the agape love is, is being an action, and it is an action. And but actually, underneath that action is the passionate heart of God driving the action. And we've tended to focus on, well, it's all just about doing stuff. God does stuff for you. God, Jesus died for you, and of course He did. And so, if we love people, we'll do stuff. But actually, driving that action is the passionate heart of the Father. So. So the, so the second thing is being compelled by the heart of the Father. And the third thing I would say is is, is um, listen to Christian worship and music that draws your heart to God and, and, and causes you to want to, uh, to, to, to get to know him more. And the fourth point I would say was find a group of like-minded believers. In other words, community. Um, and, and, and you want to find a, a helpful, positive community, of course, not, not one that's going to drag you down and be toxic. If you can find a group of like-minded people, it, it's so much um, better. And finally, for me, uh, journaling the journey, in other words, writing down your story um, and the good things and the bad things. I mean, there's good and we've all got good and bad. And um, for me, writing down my journey uh, over these last three years has been um, a powerful way of having a record of his faithfulness. And I've written down here and I, 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 wrote, I wrote quite extensive notes, which you create a record of his faithfulness to you, record it and review it and use it in your times of adoration. Reflect on his faithfulness and you'll develop faith. So I think that for me has been a particular, and I've gone back and reviewed some of the thoughts and that have come to me over, the, you know, I, I reread them and I think, wow, you know, and then God, he, he's always saying the same thing. I love you. I'm committed to you. I'm faithful. I will not let you down. You know, I mean, I think just reviewing that. So those are the five things that I would say to people. And I'm sure there's other things that you could um, add to that. But those are some things that I found helpful for my journey. Well, I love that. And I especially appreciate the worship element because I think we, that's a, that's a really tender way that we can connect with the Lord. And so as you look back over this last year, how has God restoried you? Oh my, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so much time. Wow. Okay. I've got a little bit of time. Well, okay. I mean, I, I came to Dallas. I wasn't going to come to Dallas. I came to the Restory Conference, as you well know. And I'd been, a, I, I mean, I, I appreciated the um, the idea and I'd, I'd contributed to that. And, and, I, and I thought, well, it's a long way to come. And, and then I was praying about it and I got and as I prayed about, and I st and, and and sometimes as I pray, I, I sit down and I and I, and I journal, journal. I, I listen to what Holy Spirit's wanting to say, and I got the some thoughts, and I, I shared some of those with you as I, I emailed to you that it wasn't just about me, but it was also about other people, and so there was a <clears throat> there was a reason why I was meant to go, and it wasn't just for my own benefit. 
because I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I mean, um, yeah, just for me, oh, well, I don't. And so it was kind of a bit of a revelation. So in that in that sense, craziness and obeying God often seem very similar. Uh, so I decided I would fly from New Zealand to to Texas for a, a week or two, which in the natural probably makes not much sense. But God, God's God, and He. So I ended up coming to Texas and meeting some amazing people, and and I really appreciated meeting some some of you guys, and and I got to meet some people, and I got to encourage some people. There was a number of people, and I won't mention any names, but uh, you know some of the some of the people I was able to to um to encourage in a number of ways and i thought wow god drags me sort of twelve thousand, or what no about eight thousand miles across the ocean to texas to encourage people when there's people in texas he could probably use to do that but for whatever reason he's dragged me across the ocean to come and meet people and and to and to encourage them in various ways. And, and, and it was quite an amazing time in that sense. And I remember at the conference, um, I remember I was being prayed for, and I had, the, uh, I had this picture of some chains starting to be being taken off. So it was kind of like I knew it was the start of a, of a process that was, it was beginning, and I, I, I came partly on that basis. So, yeah, yeah, that was one of the, the things that um, – one of the important um, events – the second um, one, if we, it was actually, I went for a week-long um, school. It was called Father Heart Ministries School, and it was it's a it's, it's a week-long school where you, get, you basically just get taught about the Father Heart of God and, and, and how He loves you. And um, so I spent a week in in, in uh, a beautiful remote rural spot in the North Island of New Zealand with uh, a beach and and a native uh, forest and, and just in a lovely setting. And uh, you, the, you, all the meals are cooked for and you just, you're placed to sleep. It was a wonderful experience. I mean, I, I wonder if heaven's a bit like that. But anyway, <laughs> so and, and these people just minister and, and it's a very gentle but very powerful ministry. And um, I mentioned, I think I mentioned that uh, some of the toxic stuff with my parents. Dad was remote. And so I had to, I, I kind of had dealt with him. Mum was a bit more subtle because she was, w- w- was um, she was the good parent. But I, I said, beware of the good parent because sometimes they've got their, and she found her emotional needs in me so I became kind of like yeah I kind of emotional spouse and so I, I I was a child but my emotional needs weren't really met and I actually became very I think God brought out this toxic stuff so I could actually deal with it but I, I, I was very angry with her and I'd come to the conference and we'd had a bit of a falling out my mum and I and so I was really stirred up <laughs> and, and, and you know the devil wants to sort of take our rubbish and, and, and make us fall down but God will actually intervene and he will actually use those things and he turned it around so I was all stirred up and I got there and it was, a, it was the timing was brilliant you know because I was all stirred up and so there was a lady there, and interesting, God is, is not just father, but he also has a mother heart because he's not he's not male. We use the, the, the male words, but he's he, he, the male and female come from God. So there's a, the mother aspect to God as well, which we don't always appreciate so much or understand. But for me, I had some real mother issues, and um, I remember this lady was praying. I, I, she was talking about the mother heart of God and how he nurtured us and was tender and fed us and it was really sort of powerful stuff, and I was kind of getting emotionally stirred up. And I went forward for prayer, and she was praying for me. And 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 um, sometimes God does amazing things, and I found myself just sort of collapsing on the floor, and um, just and then I just started laughing. I was just kind of overwhelmed with laughter, and I was just just. 
just kind of it was just it just an amazing time of just emotional and spiritual cleansing and i think he and then i got this very clear thought came into my mind and i know it was the holy spirit he just said to me i am your true mother i am your true mother because for me my mum and i love my mum and she's a one yeah but she couldn't meet all my needs and she had her own emotional stuff that she was dealing with so i kind of became a so i was damaged it's all part of the fall of course and so when when i got that revelation i was just kind of it was just kind of a, a very powerful very to me that was one of the most powerful things that that happened to me in the last 12 months was that revelation that he's my true mother and i i didn't have to sort of rely on my mother in that that wrong way that i'd had so yeah that that's kind of the most one of the most powerful things that's happened for me i love that and i just love this idea that God's always at work. And, (laughs) you know, you you can be 15 years old or 65 years old or 23 years old. And every person listening to this podcast today has the opportunity to interact with God on this kind of a level as we surrender. And I think that's kind of what your point is, is this holy surrender of I give up, I can't do it, I can't do the Christian life on my own, I need your strength. And that surrender comes before this kind of deepening of relationship and worship. Like you said, your job is to worship him. He's, his job is to change you. So Dr. Ralph, thank you so, so much for coming on the Restory show this week. I really appreciate your honesty, your bravery, and your willingness to do something you haven't done before. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate the opportunity. It's a step of faith for me. So I'm praying that it will impact people. <laughs> yes, I think it will. Thanks for listening to The Restory Show. Do you mind if I pray for you? Lord, I pray for those who have difficult upbringing stories, and so many of us do. Um, Help us to know that you weren't abandoning us during that time. And instead of trying to prove so much that we are worth your love, or trying to perform and checking off the boxes of spirituality so that you will like us, Lord, help us to stop that treadmill and just rest in your grace. Oh my goodness, Lord, I'm so tired of running and running and running and running and performing and performing and performing. And maybe my listeners are too. Help us to stop today to rest, to hear your voice, to discern your voice, to become so acquainted with you that we know when you're speaking to us. And help us to hear that still, small voice of encouragement and of grace and empowerment. Oh, please renew us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more information about today's show, head on over to marydemuth.com forward slash four dash 15. And may you live a brand new story this week.